This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Eki and Judd, we should blast the uh, room full of orchids. <laughs> you really should. That's a really nice idea. Thanks, Kenny. Appreciate that. Uh, just do your job. Shut up and do your job, Judd. You know, Judd would still make it through the, the cloud of orkin to deliver negative takes about Minnesota well, sports teams. Like a cockroach. He job. would survive like a cockroach. I'm a survivor. You're right. I'm going anywhere. Uh, we have a very, very special open to today's show. Kenny, I hope you stick around for this, okay? We had, the, we had the ESPYs last night. Yeah. On ESPN ABC, and our very own Judd Zolgad has his own award show. Ding, ding. And welcome to the Zolgies. Judd Zolgad's attempt at a positive award show for Minnesota sports. Please welcome your host for the festivities. Judd Zolgad. All right, All right. Yes. thank you, thank Judd you very Zolgad. much, thank you very much, Judd Zolgad. Uh, are you ready for oh, this? The, the first annual Zolgi Awards. So I, I actually, for, for the first time in years and years, last night sat down and watched a bunch of the ESPYS, and I was so inspired. I was so inspired by the stories they told and the awards they gave that I said to myself, "You know what? Damn it, Judd." Time to turn over a new leaf. Wow. A positive leaf. It's time to look at Minnesota sports. Instead of having a jaundiced eye towards it, instead of being cynical about it, instead of thinking that guys are scamming our money away, instead of thinking that teams are just crappy, I'm going to be positive today. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> let's waste no time. We should right. uh, we should get to the first award no, here. No, of the no, zo- no, 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 no. If we're doing a real award show, we have to have a real award show monologue. Oh, a monologue. And if this okay. is the Zolgies, hey, you're in charge, Judd. We need a little something. Come Judd, on, let's you... bring the comedy chops. We had Danica Patrick oh, last God. night on the ESPYs. Do you have any jokes prepared? Any? Uh... Uh, hold on a second. I'm going to look through my uh, notes here. Um, no, I don't. Well, Dave. it's good because we do have writers on the staff who helped out a little bit. Let's see how well you do with the teleprompter, Judd. All right. <clears throat> put your reading glasses on there, Judd. Yeah, I do have to put my glasses on. The here. crowd's waiting. My cheaters. Great to be here, folks. So many great athletes here today, all right here from the fine state of Minnesota. We've got the Timberwolves in the house. Yeah, how about that story? Their first trip to the postseason since 2004. Pretty cool, right? I shouldn't say the entire team is here. We do have a couple of guys that couldn't make it tonight. Kind of like in the first couple of games of the playoffs, Carl Anthony Towns is nowhere to be found. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, that, but this totally, this totally goes against what I'm trying to do here. I told you I was inspired. And much like Danica, your timing is impeccable, let me tell you, man. No, I'm not a professional joke teller, but yeah, that's true. Gopher basketball coach Richard Patino here today. You know, the Gophers went into the past year with really high expectations. Some were saying they should easily be a Sweet 16 team. But injuries and other issues turned the season into a disaster. Just four wins in the Big Ten, and yes, somehow, he still had the best year of anyone named Patino. Oh. Bravo. Oh, wait, there's more. There's more on the script. Should I continue to read off this teleprompter? I wish Danica would have done that last night. Oh, wait, hold on. There's, there's more on the there's script. There's more. There's another punchline. Wait for yeah. it. There's another Jose Altuve short joke. <laughs> it's really too bad for Richie. We, we haven't seen such a small return on high expectations since I moved from the Star Tribune to radio. That was unnecessary. Why did you write something that took a shot at me? What do you mean? I didn't, no, we've got writers. It's not me. Plus, Danica was she took shots at herself the, last night. The tiger joke. Yeah, a little self self deprecation yeah. there. Very very a little self deprecation. Very hurtful. 
my joke hit close to home. <laughs> you know, some in the media call this the most boring time in sports. Baseball on a break. A lot of the NBA free agency and offseason moves already done and have been talked to death. And with the National Football League, we're just waiting until training camps open. But I don't agree with that. Sure, this might not be the most exciting time on the calendar, but it sure beats the hell out of wild season. <laughs> can we fire all our writers? Who are our writers and where where can we find them? At what bar? At what bar can we find these poor schleps? Oh, God, I can't wait for training camp. Oh, Lordy. And welcome to the Zolgies! Judd Zolgad's attempt at a positive award show for Minnesota sports. All right. Please welcome your host for the festivities, Judd Zolgad! All right, welcome, welcome back to the Zolgies, where Judd is going to do his best to put a positive spin on Minnesota sports. We have a handful of awards. Yep. And um, I think we should just get right down to it here. So I'll, I'll deliver the... Uh, I feel like you, you gave me a list of things you think are positive. I'm looking through some of these. I'm not, not yeah, this quite is, sure what this to make Yeah, this is my these, attempt but, after okay. last night to find find the positive in the local sports scene. Absolutely. Okay, well, this this is the first one. How about the, the, the award for biggest opportunity for growth for a Minnesota athlete? Biggest opportunity for growth for a Minnesota athlete, huh? Yep. Two nominees for this, of course. Okay. Uh, and actually from the exact same team, Byron Buxton and one Miguel Sano. Hmm. They are the nominees. And the winner is, and by the way, I don't mean growth as in girth. I mean growth as in don't suck so much. Miguel Sano. Congratulations. You have the biggest opportunity for growth among Minnesota athletes. Both literally and figuratively. No, I don't want the first one. I, th- I want the second think, one. Think both. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure if that was a positive award. That seems like a negative award Why? dressed up with a positive title. Yeah, but it's growth. Okay, let's go through some of these other ones here. How about, okay, team team that came the closest before their window closed award. Yep. Yep. The winner is Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings. 13-3. and three. You had Case Keenum. You had a great year. You went to the. You had a miracle finish to get to the NFC title game, mm. and you went to Philadelphia, and your defense fell apart completely. And now, if you're a Vikings fan, you know how this plays out. You add a quarterback for 2018. Things go sideways early on. You might miss the playoffs. The Minnesota Vikings. Congratulations. Your window on 2017 closed before it should have. All right. What about the? I see a theme here. The biggest opportunity for growth in stadium slash arena game day operations. Three nominees for this award. Hmm. Your nominees are the Timberwolves and their t-shirt cannon, <laughs> the Wild and that atrocious warm-up music that they play before games while the players are on the ice, and the Twins and Proposal Cam. What about Underwater Cam? I need the envelope. And the winner is... How about a t-shirt? <laughs> The Timberwolves have a ton of room for growth with their in-stadium game experience if you'd get rid of the damn t-shirt cannon. It's also worth noting that their in-arena experience also led to Carl Anthony Towns' father having to undergo (laughs) severe knee surgery. Why you gotta dump on crunch like that? There's that. Um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, this isn't quite as positive as I maybe thought going into the awards ones. We're supposed to be celebrating Minnesota sports here. Yes. Uh, highest paid athlete who should consider generously giving back some of the money. More nominees for this one. Joe Maurer and the Minnesota Twins. And the second nominee, Zach Parisi and the Wild. And the winner is Zach Parisi in a 13-year, $98 million contract that you're never going to come close to living up to. Joe, at least you're at the end of your contract. Zach Parisi, congratulations. Boy. So, I, feel, I, feel, I feel like that's an upset victory there for Zach Parise. He, could give he back, makes like a third of the money of Joe Maurer, the po- right? The positive is he, he could take a year's salary or perhaps five and donate it elsewhere and help people. May, I see. Maybe build a stadium. Because he's got more money on the contract. Perhaps okay. build a stadium. Okay. Uh, all right. The, the Zolgis continue here with the biggest opportunity for growth for a local sports executive. 
So it's not executive of the year. I see where you're going here. You're going. Yeah. Who's got a chance to grow? Who's got the most opportunity? That's your positive spin on it, huh? The biggest opportunity for growth among uh, local sports executives. All right. Yep. And the biggest opportunity for growth among local sports executives goes to, come on down, Roti Tom Thibodeau. Thibs, Thibs, you're the guy. Now, now I do have to say it's at this moment that I would like to have, have at least a moment of silence to recall the tenure of Chuck Fletcher as Wild GM. Because he would have won this if he hadn't got himself fired. So Fletch would have captured this, but because he's he's not employed by the Wild, he didn't get it. So Tibbs, you've got the most opportunity for growth if you might, you know, say, quit alienating your best player. Oh, I feel like there's a lot of options here. A lot of options. What about, Well, back-to-back awards here, very similar. Biggest opportunity for growth for local sports coach and manager. Really, Judd? We can't just do like Paul Molitor, manager of the year, this Mike is- Zimmer, coach of the year. Yeah, and you haven't You're even put a negative spin on it. It's not Biggest a negative opportunity spin. for growth. It's not. An, it's not because this list seems a little bit. I, I don't know if this is as advertised. I am looking for positives at every turn, Phil. And the winner of biggest opportunity for growth for a local sports coach or manager actually doesn't mention doesn't mention the correct job title of this year's award winner because. It goes to the gaffer, Adrian Heath. Adrian Heath, congratulations. In fact, in fact, I was incredibly disappointed. You won two to one last night and you didn't rip your team. Where the hell is the fun in that? You had a three nothing lead on you Saturday. Think maybe he felt bad about the way he reacted to their previous victory. I loved it. I didn't feel bad. I thought it was fantastic. So so the growth for the gaffer is after every win, I want you to flame your team. Hmm. Uh, what about the most consistent local sports team? That's a little more positive. Yes, it is. The most consistent local sports team. Yes, it is. And uh, and the Twins are up and down, so it's not them. The Vikings are consistent. It might be them. They are a nominee. The Wolves, not so much. So it's the Vikings and the Wild. And the winner is... Congratulations, Boods, Zach, and Ryan. It's the Minnesota Wild. You consistently make the playoffs and get bounced in the first round, including the past four consecutive years. And if I'm not mistaken, you're on a six-year playoff run, and the farthest you've ever gotten is the second round. That, gentlemen, is the hallmark of consistency. I feel like the spirit of the Zulgies has gone awry here. Okay, I feel like I feel like you're missing the the positivity. I'm looking angle of these award shows. The ESPYS are a celebration of yeah. sports nationwide. Mm-hmm. They're not ripping on coaches who got fired. Yeah, they're not ripping on teams that choked. Dave? They're celebrating the best athletes and the best stories and the best moments. For that last one, it would have been easy to say the Lynx consistency uh, in WNBA finals at least. Okay, thanks, Dave. You just can't help yourself. Appreciate that. Well. Listen, when you've made the playoffs for six consecutive years in the National Hockey League, which is an accomplishment, I've been told that. The Wild put out a press release. It's like three teams on this type of run. When you consistently can do that and get bounced in the first round, I think that deserves some type of recognition. How about go for non-revenue sports? Volleyball team, couple Final Fours, softball team, baseball teams, I think it's great those kids play sports. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I am not suggesting for one second that we kill those sports at all. I think it's great. You kids continue to play. I feel like somebody should have checked this list of awards before Judd submitted it officially to the show because this is the last one here, and it's most valuable player to the opposition. Wow. Most valuable player to the opposition. Okay, what... Who wins the Zulgi for like that? The, I think you're going to like this. monologue was bad. I think you're going to like this one. Well, I didn't have time to prep for it, so I think you're going to like this one, though, Phil. Because there's a clear-cut victor here, and it's not a Twins player. It's not It's not Buxton. It's not Sano. It's not a Vikings player, and it's not a Wild player. Congratulations, Andrew Wiggins. You love your shot. You love your shot, and guess who else very frequently loves your shot? The opposition. <laughs> This guy right here. Andrew Wiggins. This guy. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins. Congratulations. Just a regular jokester. Judd Zolga. Those are the Zolgies. The Zolgies. Right. So last night I was moved. I was very moved to find inspiration in Minnesota sports. And I think I did it.
Nice work. Thank you. <laughs> nice work. Thank you very it's much. Um, I think somebody is in the Jean Vandeveld uh, area from 20 years ago. Did you see that uh, shot that someone just hit? I think it was Patrick Reed that bounced her in there. Is that the Jean Vandeveld area or is that a different hole? Because it's. It looks I, like I don't the know if it was thing. on 18 or not. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think we got to come back and talk about your guy. You and Max are really down right now. I'm a little distracted right now. You're somebody, just, somebody, uh, you're upset. Somebody I go way back with in life. Yes, is, yes. Appears to be ailing. You're very, very upset. Uh, we also have, <laughs> and it's not even a, the fact that he's snubbing kids. You love that part of it. I, I love the focus, the concentration. <laughs> Listen, who let those little rugrats inside the rope? <laughs> I'm with the you most on that. Prestigious tournament. I'm with you. On, I mean, get the hell out of why the are practice kids range. In there? Yeah, he's trying to work. Exactly. It's not a vacation. It's ridiculous. Uh, Roy Smalley's going to, Jason Stark going to make an appearance on the show today, sounds like. 11 o'clock for Starkey. Awesome. Chip Scoggins, Matthew Collar. Let's talk about the best car dealership and service department in the metro area. It's Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. And uh, I'm a big proponent of just the comfort and the spaciousness and everything that goes into the Luther Lounge. You go in, you get you, whatever it is, oil change. Maybe you've got paperwork for some sort of transaction. Maybe it's maintenance that goes above and beyond. And yet, you know, it happens to us. You got to be there for an hour or two. Um, and, and you get British open. If you want it on 70 inch flat screen TVs, you get six workstations with cable TVs, uh, lounge chairs, complimentary tea, coffee, snacks, play area for the kids. And the thing that my family and I lean on the most over the past 30 plus years, having gone to uh, the same place, Luther Brookdale Toyota, is the peace of mind, the knowledge, the expertise, that family-like atmosphere and feel. Uh, you feel it the minute you drive into the garage, the minute you walk into the show, uh, showroom area. 694 Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd. On 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by It's Just Lunch. All right. Let's, we'll, we'll do it a half hour early. The British Open Update Desk with Dave Harrigan. I'm done. With, I'm done with golf. He's got neck, on many, neck tape. On many levels, you're done with golf after yesterday's round and now this. Tiger Woods has neck tape on. You might just want to quit playing and watching it. There's walk away right now. Reports from his camp that uh, apparently he woke up and his neck and upper back were a little stiff. So now it's not only the lower back where he's had the surgeries. Now it's the upper back. Is gonna is, are his playing partners gonna have to pick up the tee for him again? Like a couple of years ago, remember that? Where he like couldn't even bend over to pick up the tee, and then he withdrew about thirty minutes. Hey Max, later. talk Phil off this ledge, please. I'm done with golf. I I think Phil is is I I mean I I've been there with Phil. I I've, I've had that feeling before. <laughs> I'm gonna be a little more positive. I'm hoping it's just you know he he crossed the big pond. It's tough to sleep. You know he's got a yeah. He probably had a middle seat too. Yeah, We're flying coach. <laughs> positive it's, spins here. Positive. That's spins. a long flight. And it's not like you can just get up whenever you want. If there's a guy napping to your left, what are you supposed to do? Your back gets <clears> stiff. Yeah. You know, he's, he's in his 40s. Those flights are long. I can 40s. tell you that's tough. At 48, I can tell you that's tough. Yeah. My back hurt. I, I took that shot on, on off the tee Monday. That was one hole. Are you one still hole. sore from the one par three you played? No, but my knee is still barking from, from the hyperextension that I suffered <laughs> while trying to mow the lawn on Monday <laughs> afternoon. So I'm in bad shape. All right, Dave, what's uh, what's the leaderboard looking like here? Hello, lads. Oh, God. There Welcome to Carnoustie. Oh. Right now we have Kevin Kisner leading the field at five under par. Fantastic outing, a 66 for Mr. Kisner. Eric Pretty Van good. Ruen, Xander Lombard. Oh, Van, and Van Ruen is from the University of Minnesota, apparently. A great nugget. Now, don't interrupt me again, you wanker. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Mark Leishman, also four under par, along with those two. You have Brandon Stone, Tony Finau, and Ryan Moore, along with Zach Johnson at three under par for the tournament. Mm. And we move from there to the bottom of the leaderboard. Oh, it's a long way down to Darren Clark at 11 over par. Ooh. Are you allowed to say wanker on the radio? I don't, I don't know. in the U.S., man. I don't know about that. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Oh, So, Tiger, what's wrong exactly? 
It sounds like he's going to have to have another back surgery he's tomorrow. Neck or back. He's got a sore neck, and he's wearing tape. He's wearing tape to try and combat the problem, but we're not sure that that's going to work. And Max is confident, but you're not. You've he, been, he you've been down off, about it. He tees off in two minutes, so we'll see. And luckily, he doesn't have to use a driver really on this course. Dust, although Dustin Johnson took a driver out on one of these par fours, and they showed the distance between him and one of his playing partners. It was a 100-yard distance between the two. The thing rolled 87 yards. Yeah. All right. A 412 yard drive or something like that. A four a 412 yard drive. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I've got five bucks that that says he doesn't make it through ten holes. That he withdraws before the ten. Wow. Yes, if he's got back. That'll problems. play out on our show too because yes. I've got five bucks whole. right now. Active bet. All right. So I so basically I get five bucks if he makes it to the eleventh hole. Correct. And you get nothing regardless. Except your five dollars. No, back. it's fine. It, it's fun though because I think he'll be out. That's not good value. I'm fine with it, I'll though. take it, though. For the sake of the show, it's interesting. Let's do it. Okay. I'm willing to do it. Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> interesting. Carl <laughs> Anthony Sorry. Towns. Go ahead. No, I mean, if you guys go no, ahead. No, 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 like, no. Dave was just, he's just very, very down Leave that five. Me. No, leave no, it no, on the table. No, no. <laughs> I'm throwing it towards you. you. No, no, I'm not, ta- I'm not taking it back. It's all yours. Leave okay. it right there. Okay. All right, go ahead. So Carl Anthony Towns, as Doogie told us yesterday, had his annual basketball event. and work, works with kids. I think Kyle Rudolph was a part of it. I saw him in a photo yesterday. And so the assumption was all these questions that have been floating around for the last two or three months about Towns. He basically hasn't spoken since the Rocket Series. He's been on vacation. There's stories about him and Jimmy Butler and Strife and a five-year max contract extension. That there might be friction between him and Tom Thibodeau. And... Uh, I'm just going to read you the first line from the Star Tribune here. Mm-hmm. The first line from mm-hmm. the Star Tribune. Carl Anthony Towns' representatives at the charity event said the interview session, not a charity event, it was a camp, it's a camp. Yeah, in Plymouth. Yep. Uh, said the interview session would be shut down if anybody <laughs> asked questions that didn't involve his camp. Uh, so credit to Darren Doogie Wolfson for being the most creative in trying to ask a question that had something to do with contract without actually saying contract. I believe the question was something along the lines of, uh, could you foresee yourself being around here for another five yeah. or six years r- running r- right this camp? And yep. the, uh, this was basically all Carl Anthony Towns would say. He said he was backing up his place. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a highlight. That's not from the thing. My bad. <laughs> okay. I looked at that and saw Carl Anthony Towns. But he did He did basically say, um, I've got things to talk to the organization about, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that and move on. Uh-huh. So he said nothing yesterday in his first media appearance. Uh-huh. And I've got two rips, all right? All right. Rip number one is for Cat and his handlers. You can't throw, you, you can't invite the media to your camp with all these questions lingering and then tell them, hey, uh, this question, that question, that question are off limits. And if anyone asks those questions, he's going to shut the interview down. Okay. How about allowing people, media, on behalf of fans who are curious to ask whatever they want and then you can answer the question however you want? That's public relations. Craft the message however you want to. People are going to ask you questions. Sure. So that rubbed me the wrong way. All right. But the second rip is the organization. The fact that we're in this pattern for now the third time with, and I'm, and Jimmy Butler is, is, is probably the franchise's second best player, but put him aside for a second. Of the three other top players in franchise history, Kevin Garnett, Kevin Love, and Carl Anthony Towns, we've gone down this road of alienation and friction every single time. It can't just be, wow, we've got this amazing asset. Let's try to cater to that asset and make sure that that person is happy, whether it's during their career or after, in the case of Kevin Garnett. Yep. So we're, like, we're sitting here, and Carl Anthony Towns is going to be one of the best players in the NBA for the next 10 years, barring a, a catastrophic injury. And there's just pointless, needless, unnecessary strife between him and the organization. Well, absolutely, yeah. Make it right. Like, he's going to be around longer, probably longer than Glenn Taylor. Like, he's going to be around... If you do it right, longer than Tom Thibodeau, longer than Jimmy Butler, right? Maybe longer than ownership, and yet here we sit, and he's alluding to, yeah, we we have we definitely have some things we need to talk about, iron some things out. Not that he's blameless, but right. he's the most important piece, and I hate the fact that we're down this road again. And so to to backtrack on what you just said, point one, the the athletes who have PR people who don't get it drive me crazy because they think. 
So Cats PR people think, well, they're going to bring the media is going to bring their cameras out there and yeah. their cameras, and they're just going to be thrilled to see Cat. Like they're they're going to want to they're just going going to want to shoot Cat, helping out kids, and it's going to be great. What they don't realize is that when you when your client and or you decide to shut things down, it brings up more questions. Like Carl. Anthony Towns could have easily addressed this, and that doesn't mean that he's got to get into full details about how he feels about Tibbs or Butler. But say something, and and when you get the PR people standing in front of the player saying, you can't talk about this, it makes the player appear weak, and I don't think the player or, or the PR people get that. Here was Carl's reaction to the Doogie question. Do you think you could see yourself being around here for, you know, five or six more years running this camp uh, over at Providence Academy? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, some, it's something. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, this is a really nice uh, place. I've always, <laughs> I've, I've never heard of Providence Academy. So when I came here, uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. I uh, got to uh, play a open gym with Kyle this morning, so it was pretty fun. Oh. So, so he interpreted the question the Did right way initially the, in and, this gym, and then he was like, "Oh, like, oh, and yeah, by the like, way, this is a nice venue." And by the way, he ain't dumb. So answer the question. Like that's that's insulting. Yeah, but and, and Doogie had to ask the question twice, and maybe he just misheard him or didn't quite get it the first time. But Doogie asked the question. Well, I'm sorry, sorry. What? 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 Yeah, uh, he's not a dumb guy. Yeah, Carl's not. But I mean, to, that's ridiculous. To the point you just made, Judd. If if he were to just come out, so. The cat and mouse game here, no pun intended, is... <laughs> I see what you did. He's trying to downplay that there's things wrong, right? And so in his mind, his way of downplaying it is to, like, I'm just going to... We're not going to talk about it. But by not talking about it, you're acknowledging, oh, there is something yes. to be talked about, and, and I don't want to talk about it. And it makes it seem worse. Yeah. And we all... So if there was any question about strife, if people were... If, if anyone's trying to say that this is overblown and that this is all just a media creation, the strife between Towns and Butler and Tom Thibodeau, the fact that he refused... To take questions, yes. let alone just answer, but he refused to take questions about it. Makes it seem worse. Is, is pretty telling. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the other problem that this franchise has had basically since its inception, and and the only times that it didn't occur was, was when Flip was still here and ran things, is that at almost every turn they mishandle things from a standpoint of their star players. Yeah, I mean, K- KG won't even step foot in the arena. Glenn Taylor's comments uh, to Doogie last week about Butler, you know, you don't need to say, well, if he doesn't sign here and he gets hurt, we know that. If you own the team, I think it's it's upon you to put the best possible spin on things. And instead, Glenn like surmises, well, I mean, he's taking a chance too, and and. In our jobs, I actually appreciate that, but if I'm the team, I'm thinking to myself, one, you don't need to say that, and two, that is how you go down the path of alienating players. Because Butler's going to hear that and think, what the hell? Like, why not just say, Darren, we're going to do our best to keep him. He's a great player. We like him. And and we don't blame him for not signing a contract now because he stands to make millions more next year. But there's no reason to go down the path of, well, if he doesn't sign now and he gets hurt, guess what? Yeah. Too bad. So besides the flip years, at almost every turn, this franchise has not really had a good feel for probably what's the right approach to talking about its star players. Yeah. Okay, I need, I'm going to need some quiet here. Tiger Woods is approaching his second shot on the par four first. Is this the first? Okay, good. i got plenty of time for him to drop it looks out. looks like there's some blood around where uh, the neck tape is. Come on. This is going to be the Kurt Schilling blood oh, sock game for him. Oh, that, that had to hurt. He's winced. <laughs> that had to hurt. Look at that. Oh, that's a nice shot. Right five feet from the pin. Oh, but, now he's, but now he's got to go and putt. That's, a, over. that's a three putt for sure with back problems, right? Go. All right, Matthew Collar's going to come in here when we come back. <laughs> Max is pumping his fist in the other studio. I love how old of a soul Max is. This is awesome. I thought you'd be more of a Jordan Spieth guy because you're 21 years old. But I like that guy. You're an old soul. <laughs> I don't like that guy. You don't like Jordan Spieth? I, I've never liked him. I, I, I don't like this new age. Great. Good for you, Jordan Spieth. But just, he's just never come off as a as a guy I want to root for. And he's probably a super nice dude. <laughs> Too I talented like and humble? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I, me and my brother, we talk about all the time. Just, I'm just so indifferent about Jordan Spieth. It's just ridiculous. He is a little bland. He's, He's Mike Trout of golf. He actually is. Yeah. Tiger Woods Stop. gives you a little edginess. You, you did that on purpose. You just did that. To, he did that on purpose. Dave did. You're trying to take me off. Matthew Collar from the Purple Podcast and 1500ESPN.com joins us. Jason Stark later. Roy Smalley. 
Uh, Chip Scoggins gonna Chip Scoggins usually in the nine o'clock hour, but uh, it'll be noon hour for him today. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout Whoa. on 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Give us your thoughts on that. Absolutely ridiculous. Mackie and Judd. I ain't putting up with that. On 1500. We have to put up with that nonsense. ESPN. Glorious remix there. He dreams of one day being with the starting 11, <laughs> but only looks good in seven on sevens. He may be standing there as our next Kyrie's a wow. barrel. Glorious. I forgot how. Glorious. There's like two or three versions of this song. There's you. There. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we are we are going to call it Mr. Mankato. We've decided on that. It's not Mr. Egan. Yeah. Mr. Egan just doesn't have the same ring to it. It can't be Mr. Egan. Yeah. We need to play to the roots of the award. So Mr. Mankato, it stays. Mm-hmm. Matthew Collar is with us here. This will be your third your third Mr. Mankato. Although you showed up in like September, second, so yeah, second. Yeah. Okay. Last year was my first, and uh, I didn't do so good last year. Yeah. I no. picked uh, Isaac Frickty, and he uh. went into the first preseason game. They targeted him three times. I think he had three drops, Ooh. and that was the end of that chapter. I think your process was right, though. Pick yeah. the scrappy underdog, sort of, you know, the white receiver guy is always a good bet. And Mike Zimmer had said in minicamp that he liked some of the things that Fricky had done. And it was kind of like, oh, so he's mentioning this guy that's down the depth chart. You could see him going into the third quarter, making some good catches. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden he makes the team as the very last wide receiver because there was kind of an open spot. But none of that came anywhere close to happening. But I wasn't the only one that botched it uh, because a lot of people picked Bucky Hodges and... <laughs> I was not on the Bucky Hodges train, if you guys remember. Actually, that was... Um, you were anti-Bucky Hodges before anyone was anti-Bucky the Hodges. The conference on, call, right? On draft the post-draft night, uh, yes. conference call. On the post-draft conference call, I was already done with Bucky Hodges. <laughs> because That's impressive. <laughs> That's almost as impressive as Patrick Royce after Kevin Love's first exhibition game, writing a he's worthless, like he'll never be a good player. <laughs> well, there are some things that you've just heard enough interviews and conference calls, and when you hear something... Like what Bucky Hodges said, you think I, you know, I don't think this guy's very bright, and if he's going to make a Mike Zimmer football team, he's going to have to be pretty smart. And when he said, as a sixth round pick, I want to be legendary, I turned to Judd and said, "This is over. It's I want to be legendary. I want <laughs> to be legendary, Bucky. You are a sixth round draft pick. You should say nothing on this conference call. Let's, let's make the team first, right. and then let's make the active roster on game day second, and, and then, then let's work on being legendary. So I've been working on this thing about Randy Moss, because if you haven't heard, he's going into the Hall of Fame. And he's ab- showing up, right? About uh, He is indeed showing up. He is not going to uh, Chattanooga State or anything. And he's going to give, I, I'm guessing, Marshall. a, a gloriously yeah. amazing speech, right? Yep. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. And so I've been like working on some articles for when he goes in that are kind of off the beaten trail, and one of them is looking into the number 84 and just the different people who have had it. Now, Bucky Hodges never wore it in a game. He technically made the team and then got cut the next day. But the Bucky Hodges saying that he wanted to carry on the tradition from Randy Moss to himself from wearing number 84 is one of my favorite Did he moments say that on, the team. He didn't say that on the conference call, too, right? No, no, no. I like this comes out guns blazing yeah, on the conference call. I want call. 84. <laughs> no, Moss. But they gave him 84, which I think might have been kind of a gag. I mean, they have to give out all the numbers. They don't have enough. I mean, they've got so many wide receivers and people who need them yeah. that someone's going to get 84. This year it's Chad Beebe. So there hey, you go. Cord- Cordero yep. Patterson was also a number 84. Can we, yes. but can we please just take it out and, and retire it? That's the one number. Well, I think you should retire it. It's a, it's that a little hard. I've said like, this before, you, but drive me nuts. See, after doing my article, it's, yep. it's ready to run. And you know, when he goes in, I don't think they should because it has such a rich and hilarious tradition that I think that they should keep it. <laughs> it and amuses just you. Let yeah, it carry on. It, it should be, like, I think you're onto something here. They should give it to someone 
It should be like the the joke jersey every year, right? <laughs> yes. They give it. It's a, it's yes. like an ironic this, jersey. So one of one of my friends is a hockey player, played in the NHL, and he was a fighter. And when he got drafted and came to Big Kid Camp, they he clearly was not going to be in the NHL. But he's kind of a goofball, and he's really big. They gave him sixty eight. You know, for Mario Lemieux. <laughs> or 60, 66. 66, I mean. 66. 66. 68 was Yager, yeah, right? Yeah, 68 was Yager. Okay, they but that's not 66. the same team. Like, no, this is no, Moss Jersey a, from here, was, which is why a, I want right. to retire. But it was a gag. It was like, we'll give him 66 because he's it a fighter. It might amuse you, has, but I believe yeah. that, that it's the one jer- jersey that they absolutely should retire But But, the, right but now. like Matthew's right, in the NFL, you've got, think about this, in, in training camp, you have 90 guys on your training camp roster and you don't generally give out number zero, and you don't give out number 100. So what's left? There are 99 numbers left for 90 guys. Like You, you can't just start retire. I get it. You can you retire, retire one, a ton, yeah. but you can't retire a bunch of numbers. It can't be like the Yankees where right. nobody can wear one through 20 because they're all retired. They've already got a wide receiver wearing number nine, Jake Winicky. Poor guy. This is my favorite thing about Collar is that he not only knows all the names of the 90 guys on the roster, he knows what numbers they wear. He knows where they played college, what round they were drafted so in. So receivers now can what wear the 40 time was. Can wear between is it 9 and 18 that they can wear and they can also wear in the 80s. They changed that rule a while back to allow them to wear like 18 and I don't think you can 19. wear 9. I think this guy just got the shortest They just straw. gave him number 9. Yeah. He's like don't worry about it. It ain't going to matter in about 4 weeks anyway, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah Jake, you got to don't yeah, don't concern yourself with this. Jake is in the conversation, the Mr. Mankato conversation. All right. Okay, cuz so you and Chris Long are putting together an report probably for some time uh, early next week. Yes. What without I know you're not super deep in the odds process. It's a week long <laughs> go in a dark room. Who are some so, names that are floating around for you right this, now? This so, is so serious for Chris Long. He had to leave the state. He had to go to a place where he could really think and focus. It's so a Mr. Mankato work retreat basically. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So he's like in North it's Carolina. It's LeBron like a decision yeah. cave for Mr. Mankato. Yeah. Yeah. He's, instead he's, of the Hamptons, it's North Carolina. It's the odds the cave. North Carolina. He's on the beach staring at the ocean, just thinking and meditating and focusing on this. But uh, this will be a great race with the wide receivers because there's just this open spot that I don't know what's going to happen. And there could be even more than one open spot because Kendall Wright, when they signed him, I think we all went like, oh, yeah, okay, he's going to come in. He'll be a slot receiver. But he was playing exclusively with the second team in minicamp, which that deep into the offseason, to be a guy they signed as a veteran, and everyone's learning a new offense, so it's not just, oh, he's behind, and not be getting reps with the first team is a little weird. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they signed him to a one-year, $1 million deal <laughs> didn't exactly say, like, oh, yeah, we're buying into this guy big time. It's more of taking a swing at a guy that's kind of bounced around a little bit. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was some younger guy who stood out a lot and more there, and, and there's they decided always, to move on. And there's always one guy and... Often it'll come in that first round of cuts. There's always one guy, one veteran who you expect is going to contribute who gets axed early, too. Well, there is no first round of cuts anymore. Or, now now it's just... But, 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 but early, the point being is, camp, yeah. there's always a guy like Kendall well, Wright who you who gets signed and you think to yourself, oh man, this guy's going to really contribute, and then cut down comes and he's on the list. Yeah. You know who it was last year was Dayton Jones. Mm-hmm. That They were like, oh, we're going to bring him in, we're going to move him to a defensive tackle, and it was a disaster. He definitely was not a defensive tackle. And they he dropped down to the third team, and then they moved him out. And I wouldn't be shocked if that's him, and that sort of opens the door for all these different guys. I mean, Corey Robertson was a guy from Southern Miss that they brought in. They paid him a lot of money to be an undrafted free agent. He had great numbers last year. They've got a CFL guy. There's always a CFL guy. It's like <laughs> camp has to have a CFL the, guy. The Vikings, the Vikings have been in on, who was that guy? Uh, Emmanuel Arsenal. Emmanuel Arsenal. The guy who tweeted something. Do you remember his tweet? Something about toilet. He had, toilet. A, he had a gal over, yes. and it was something like... He had no toilet paper in his house, and he tweeted something that was just completely inappropriate. But it was something to do with like the gal he had over and like running out of toilet paper, and you're cut. <laughs> CFL player yeah. again. Uh, they also the Vikings are whether it's a CFL player or a guy like that wide receiver Todd. Help me, Judd. He was a sprinter, Todd Lober. Oh yeah. They'll bring in these guys like German YouTube receiver yes. or Todd Lober was a sprinter there's, and there's teach him always, how to play wide receiver. Yes, there's always and then this year there's a guy from Oklahoma. There's always the guy who runs the four two, right? Like 
This guy is so fast. This is uh, Jeff Baddett is the guy. He was from Oklahoma, and he didn't have a whole lot of catches, but he ran a 4-2-7. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Let's so if just you could just like jam a football in his face mask and let him run free in the open field, yeah, you're Terrell good. Sinkfield was in camp one year as a wide receiver, and then he was back in camp as a cornerback. And he was one of the most athletic guys I have ever seen in my life. Like, I had no idea what he was doing, but he would jump or something to be like what <laughs> like this i mean th- this guy was probably like five nine or something and i guarantee he could dunk a basketball the the, the 40 time uh, mesmerization is always funny because how often are you really running full speed in an open field yeah. outside of maybe a kickoff for a little while and those are going to go away and i mean you- for that to happen in a in an offensive set you have to have the ball and and have already beat your defender. So you're only like running away from a defender mm-hmm. after everything was perfectly crafted, blocked, and caught. And can right? you catch the ball too? Right, exactly. Which in which in lots and lots of cases, guess what? They can't catch the ball. Right. And for and for corners, it's always I mean it's always good to be fast. But Richard Sherman ran like a four six, like one of the best right. players to ever play the position. Correct. So there's that. There's always the CFL guy. That's Brandon Zilstra, and I think he's got a chance though because he's kind of a player. A he's Mr. Got, Mankato chance or a roster chance? No, I or mean both. both uh, because I mean he had a hundred catches in the CFL, and when we saw him in minicamp, he's a player. Like he's not just some like weird freak that's six seven wide receiver or something like you'd create a player on Madden with ninety nine well, speed. Why don't like, we he see? Play. Like I, I, okay, this is probably an absurdly dumb question, but why don't we see? A six foot seven receiver coming out of college at some point. I mean, I get if you're six foot seven, you're probably going to wind up playing basketball. You're going to gravitate toward that sport. But if you were six foot seven, so if you were just a wing player in basketball and you could catch a football at somewhat of a respectable rate, wouldn't you be the best red zone target in the history of the league? There's, there's definitely a curve on this. It kind of works this way with baseball, where they did a study about the height of a baseball pitcher and found that I think. Six seven was about the tallest you could ever be, aside from the one outlier, Randy Johnson. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just hard to be that coordinated. You can't repeat your mechanics. Yeah. Well, and Chris Sale might be pushing that, right? He's six, six right? Six six. Okay, six. Yeah, six. that's like, that's about like the perfect height is like six four to six six for and a pitcher, it. and past that, they almost never make it past six six. Uh, Adam Wainwright might be the tallest you could possibly be. I think he's six seven, and it's, it's the same thing with wide receivers because when you run routes, you have to get in and out of your breaks where you kind of they call it like breaking down the route where you get to the top of the route and you have to slow yourself down and make some sort of turn. And if you're six foot seven playing outside wide receiver and you start slowing yourself down and you're taking these long strides. Like a horse slowing itself yeah. down. Like if they Ke- know exactly where you're going. After okay, that. but what about? And I get that he made the right choice playing basketball because he's one of the greatest of all time. But what if Kevin Durant, at some point in his life, six foot eleven, Kevin Durant, who's one of the most athletic players in the NBA, he handles like a point guard. He can he can guard any position because he's because of his height. If he decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a wide receiver. I'm gonna play football. I think a guy like that would have been t- incredible. Tight end, though, 20, right? No, I'm, but I'm saying specifically wide receiver. Right, but I think they would speed. T- yeah, I, I think if, if you went there and tried and t- told a team that that was your desired position, though, I think they would just shift you. And tight ends now are, are becoming more like receivers. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the thing about this sport is it's becoming a little bit like basketball, where it's evolving to yeah, I'm a tight end, but I'm basically used a, as a receiver. So I well, think they would just shift for, you. Forget about the label of the position. If yeah. Kevin Durant went out into the secondary and put That'd his be, arm in the air yeah. and said, "Throw me the, the ball," and he could catch. The issue with Kevin Durant would be getting off the line of scrimmage. I mean, this happens a lot to the big wide receivers. Kelvin Benjamin's a good example of this. Is a guy who just cannot get off the line of scrimmage if they press cover, and that's why early in his career it was like, "Oh, this guy might be a good receiver," and then. A few years later, they're trading him because every team figured out all we have to do is just press him. And he's so big that corners get their hands on him. And these corners are strong, too, and they slow him down there. And if you get slowed down off the line of scrimmage, that messes up the footwork and the timing and everything else like that. With great pass rushers, you got to get it out in two and a half seconds or less. So Kevin Durant would be great if he could ever get off the line of scrimmage, but I don't think he could. Yeah. I love we just put Kevin Durant in the in the NFL there for the LeBron though. Oh, LeBron be a fantastic. LeBron would be the best football player ever too, probably. Yeah, he'd be dumb because he's he's so strong and he's so explosive and so fast. I have a question. You mentioned uh, off off Kendall Wright a few minutes ago that everybody's learning a new offense. 
I'd love to know your thoughts when we come back here on just how different the offense is and what the learning curve might be. Mackie and Judd hanging out with our football-loving friend, Matthew Collar. Uh, we are watching right now the British Open on a TCL 55-inch Roku TV in all of its 4K glory. You'll notice right away. In fact, I recommend you go into a major local retailer. Wow, Bubba Watson just a uh, little 360 spin out there, and he's not happy. I'm sure he's going to berate his caddy like always. Um, we love watching sports on these TVs because if you go into like a Target or a local a local major retailer this weekend and literally just stare at a TCL TV and compare it to some of the other TVs, you will notice a difference. Go on the interwebs, go to Google, and just type in TCL TV reviews, and you're going to find hundreds and thousands of four and a half star or better reviews from credible publications like CNET. USA Today's Wired. There's a reason why TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. You get access to thousands and thousands of streaming channels. It's the best connected TV on the market. TCLUSA.com is another great sp- Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. You still get your tickets to X Games Minneapolis. They have returned to U.S. Bank Stadium. The festivities start today, run through Sunday. Four days of the world's best action sports, music, and festival experience. Don't miss the greatest action sports athletes on the planet competing for medals and prize money. Musical performances by uh, Cascade, Brother Ali, Ice Cube, and Zed. And, of course, X-Fest and the X-Fest Interactive Village. Tickets start at just $20. More details, 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Thank you, Dave. We've got Matthew Collar in studio here from the Purple Podcast, Saturday Morning Sports Talk, 1500ESPN.com. He likes football. And uh, him and Chris Long are putting together the annual Mr. Mankato odds sheet, which will be out early next week. You brought up, so Kendall Wright, he's a 1,000-yard receiver in the past, and he's been... He's been a good, reliable target. He's a veteran receiver. Vikings brought him in, and I think we all figured, oh, he's, he's going to be the number three receiver. Um, and you've observed him working with the second team exclusively in uh, some of the offseason workouts because, well, it's possible he might not be as secure. Let me ask you this about learning curve and offense. How much different do you think Filippo's offense is going to be compared to um, last year's offense? And is it terminology changes? Is it just schematic changes? What are what are the changes that the Vikings have to digest here before the season starts? So the way that offenses work now is everybody kind of knows all the same concepts and all the same routes. And, and it's, it's not like you install a new offense and you're like, wow, this is entirely different. I've never seen this route before. Yeah. I mean... It's everybody knows all these things, and then the terminology ends up being a little different. But it's just X equals Y instead. So it's it's something that these guys are totally used to learning, and they've learned through different offensive coordinators through the years, Norv and then Pat Shermer. So it's, that's not going to be a problem. And where it used to be, somebody was West Coast, somebody was Air Raid, somebody was Run and Shoot. Now it's all of that mashed into one. So we called Pat Shermer West Coast. But I talked to Pat Shermer about this last year, that he had taken a bunch of different stuff. So I gave him some examples of plays, and he was like, oh, well, that's kind of like an Air Coriel type of thing, and that's a that's an old-school West Coast type of thing. And it was at, it was cool to talk to him about that. But Filippo has grown up in the era of information where he can see every single play and he knows all the different concepts and can pull from them. And then it's really about who comes up with the different tweaks. So there are some cool things that like the Eagles did that are tweaks on a screen pass. It's like a basic screen, but then they add something to it. One thing that the Rams added to a lot of their plays was a fake jet sweep. So they made the defensive end think for just a second, we might be running this jet sweep, and then sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't, and they did it pretty often just to make that guy freeze or just to chip the defensive end with the fake jet sweeper. You know, so little little wrinkles like that. And I would guess that that's how John Filippo is going to do it, where he's going to take a lot of West Coast concepts mm-hmm. that Shermer had success with last year and then he's going to offer little tweaks, different alignments, using two tight ends or three tight ends or a fullback or however he's going to do it. And that and that's kind of what Shermer did. So I expect to see a lot of the same just with some tweaks where it was really excellent with Shermer was his play calling in a game. 
And that's what we don't know about DiFilippo. And Red Zone, right? Because, in yes, particular. And Red Zone, he was, which a, they struggled he was with a wizard. Before that, yeah. I, I thought Shermer was an absolute wizard when it came to the Red Zone. I mean, it was just, it was something new every single time. And where you see some teams, oh, we're just going to throw a fade pass three times and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Or we're just going to stuff. <clears throat> Norv. We're just going to stuff Adrian Peterson up the middle or Asiata. Matt Asiata up That was the my middle. favorite play call of all time. And where you saw all sorts of things. I mean, yeah. you you saw some some jet sweeps and some play actions, and, and he was really brilliant there. So that that's where we might see the difference. I think it's going to be a lot of the same concepts because everybody in the NFL is using them with different tweaks, but then it's what it really comes down to now is everyone knows these. It's what do you call when you're actually out there? And what I really don't know is just how they're going to maximize Kirk Cousins' skill set because it's very different than Case Keenum's. Who do you think uh, benefits the most potentially from this switch? Is there a guy on offense from watching the Eagles film? Is there a guy in this personnel-wise, this system, who you think can take a step because of the switch? I think I know who thinks it's going to be. <laughs> But it's probably not. Kyle Rudolph. Which is Kyle Rudolph. It's yes, because yes, Philadelphia uses used its tight ends really well. But they that would be like, I don't, okay, I don't know. I have a great take the gloves off, Kyle. Like, it's fine. Well, I come on. Having Zach Ertz is like having Antonio Brown. Like yeah. Zach Ertz is an unbelievable player. He can do anything. I mean, he can go deep. He can go underneath and run after the catch. He finds ways to get open at all three levels, which there's about four tight ends in the league who can do that, and Kyle Rudolph is not one of them. I mean, he's not a guy that you're going to be able to go down the field with unless you have Lane Johnson and Jason Peters as your tackles, but they don't. So it's he can't get down the field the same way that someone like Zach Ertz can. I think Rudolph's role is going to be exactly the same as it was last year, and Shermer totally nailed it. Use this guy in the red zone. Every once in a while, he pops out for you know a fifteen yard you know post or something like that, and kind of surprises the other team. Shermer cleverly used him on screen passes, which I thought was brilliant. Like let's pick up six or seven yards in a big situation here. They'll never expect him to kind of leak out on a screen pass or something. And that speaks to the play calling a bit. I think that Rudolph thinks he's going to have an 80-catch year, and I don't really see that. Other than that, I mean, it's it's Thielen and Diggs, and it's Delvin Cook. He's going to use the heck out of Delvin Cook, I think, especially in screen passes. Yeah. Uh, you guys, if you, if you haven't checked out the Purple Podcast, it's the best Vikings podcast in the Twin Cities. Collar hosts it. He has all kinds of uh, in-depth, fascinating guests and conversations. 1500ESPN.com. And pretty much anywhere you would find podcasts, you can find him and Judd tomorrow, ten to noon. Judd, are you excited about the uh, Saturday? No, in two days. Oh, oh two days. Friday. Yeah, it's a Friday for me. Already Saturday, mentally, I'm apparently. excited. I am beyond. I'm beyond excited about joining uh, Collar on Saturday. Yep, ten o'clock. Real excited. Yeah. So yeah. Right, that's Matthew, on, that's on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, Saturday, right, Matthew. Yes. Ten o'clock. We're going to be excited so, to be here. Saturday. I'm not taking that day off. So you, you can find Matthew Collar on 1500ESPN.com, the Purple Podcast, and also now Saturday Sports Talk. Yes, you ten guys, to uh, noon with uh, with me. Lots of fun, Matthew. Lots of fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm still that excited about Saturday show. Super fun. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder: this station does not endorse this. On fifteen hundred ESPN. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.